Eugenides matched Costas look for look, his expression grave, his eyes like pools of darkness deeper than Costas could penetrate. For a moment Costas could see not so much what was hidden but that there were things hidden that the king did not choose to reveal, things that were not for Costas to see. There was no understanding him, but Costas knew he would march into hell for this fathomless king, as he would for his queen. Noelle, your eyes are like pools of darkness right now. I know, it's all my secrets. Wow. Either that or the adrenaline from all the stabbing. One of the two. <laughs> Hello, disgraced palace guards. I'm Noelle. And I'm Caitlin. And you're listening to the Atolian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast to get you through the wait for a return of the thief which is in only 254 days. It's December 15th, 2019. Today we're talking about The King of Tolia, Chapter 7, in which Aris gets promoted, Eugenides spies, sambas, stabs, and smooches in that order, and Costas makes a promise he regrets. I had been thinking of this as just the stabs and smooches chapter, but actually other things happen. Yeah, it's, it's relatively packed. The Magus... And Edith show up randomly for a page. Yeah, we just cut again. over there for a while. It's quite long. And it opens with Aris telling Costas that he's been promoted beyond his merits because of Legaris, the awesomely beautiful, and his, uh, his awesomely beautiful face. <laughs> I don't think it's beyond his merits. I think it's beyond his station. Right. You think, like, That's what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like, Aris totally deserves it, but he totally. wouldn't have gotten it. If it weren't for, like, Legaris is noble-born, and whoever he's having an affair with in the castle, maybe that baron uh, who was cheating on his taxes, wants him close, and so they want to promote him. But he's they they can't promote him by himself because there's no excuse for that. <laughs> so they decide to promote the whole squad. And so, since we know that Sejanus was behind the assassination attempt, was Sejanus? Do you think also behind the promotion? Do you think he set all of that in motion? Or is it maybe a separate event? Like Legaris's lover mm. just did that and then Sejanus took advantage of it? Because I think, isn't it said later? I forget. But like... Of the fact that like they this wanted, was a new group. Yeah, they wanted new group neophyte soldiers on duty yeah. that day. So that they would be more distracted. Easily distracted. Yeah, I mean, I guess that all of these things are connected. Yeah. Because Legaris, if his lover is that baron, that baron is linked to Sejanus's father. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. Finger that's guns. Right. But of course, we don't know that for sure. It could be somebody else. It could be anybody else. Yeah. Plenty of people still watch him. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But I think that they... They have to be connected. I think so, too. They're trying to put in place people that they control around Jen generally. Like, if they don't succeed in this assassination attempt, um, their next plan is to get him to dismiss all of his attendants so that they can put new people around him. Mm-hmm. And how they're planning to do that is they want to uh, position this woman, Lady Themis? 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 Thigh, thigh bone. Um, they're they're trying to get 
Jen to take Lady Thighbone as a mistress so that they tell her what to do. She influences him. And he picks new people that they can then also manipulate, right? Which is, is the deal. like... It's that, pretty convoluted. That plan involves a lot of people doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> and Jen is not doing what he's supposed to do, of course. He's not going to take this woman as a mistress, and so the whole thing is uh, falling apart. But they don't know that at this point. Mm. I would love to hear how Sejanus had this all worked out. I mean, like, not the assassination attempt, but had... Themis or whoever been taken and like he dismissed his other attendants I would have loved to know how Sejanus was going to play this because he was saying to his own father like yes I'm his favorite he loves me <laughs> <laughs> we are best friends <laughs> bosom buddies <laughs> <laughs> I want to see I would love to see him trying to play that out yeah because how could he possibly think that he and Jen are buds. Cause Jen, I think he was just flat out lying because he had the plan of killing Jen, so he mm, felt right, like right, it right, wouldn't right, right, matter. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> no one is on the same page. Yeah. You have to organize your conspiracies, people. You have to have a good project manager. Otherwise, it's not going to pan out. I really <laughs> like Hero, Hiro, there's another name I'm not sure how to pronounce, but she reads plays and she embroiders and she's unwed and useless, which is my kind of <laughs> gal. <of> our traits. <laughs> I, 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 I want a whole book about her. Once again, we're in great. this situation. I don't understand what's going on with Hiro specifically. Like, I understand, okay, her dad's beating her and her sister because of this plan. I got that part. But when she was talking with the king during that dance... She clearly knows that her family has a tricky plan in place, so she doesn't want him to dance with her sister. So, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But then when he's, uh, like, walking her to the end of the dance floor or whatever, she tells him the names of several other girls he should dance with. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know exactly what that was about. Is he, is this also with the goal of thwarting her family's plan? So, like, he, she's giving him names so he can put off her sister more? Or are these, like, other girls who are somehow being threatened by not getting his attention? So mm. if he dances with them, he's going to help keep them safe as well as her safe by not dancing with her? Like, I didn't know why she was giving him Rex. <laughs> <laughs> My assumption was that Hero knows all the the politics and the mm -hmm. position of each person in that context yeah and so she could give him recommendations for like if you dance with these people in this order it will look as if you are not giving any favor to any particular person oh, okay so like that's also kind of keeping her under the radar yeah that makes sense yeah, she's definitely. very very observant hero yeah. she knows that there's more to him mm -hmm. somebody just needs to ask a woman <laughs> the moral here maybe if any of you because <laughs> a lot of um irene's attendance i mean we don't they see a lot of their think. their life but they're they're in on a lot of shit yeah and um this chapter actually opens with aris defending atolia and edis like through a gendered lens i'm well i don't know if i would say defending but he's saying that atolia 
uh, doesn't have a womanly bone in her body. I'd rather cut my own throat than marry her. Yes, okay, this isn't defending, but he's talking about gender is, is my point. Uh, he says, I worship her, but I am not blind, Costas. She is ruthless, and it is a good thing she is, because she wouldn't be queen if she weren't. She is brilliant and beautiful and terrifying. There isn't a womanly bone in her body. And he goes into, um, like, all of the ways that she's improved the country, how, like, if he had been a soldier under her, her father, he would have, like, choked to death in the dirt on his own blood and never have even been a squad leader, but now he's been advanced because of her new reorganization, whatever. And then he says, if you ask me, it was Edith's plan all along. I hear men dismiss her as just a woman, and I think we of all people should know better. And he says that he thinks that Edith must be just as brilliant and ruthless mm -hmm. as Atolia, or there would be a king in Edith. So there's that idea again that a woman has to like ungender herself right. in order to be a leader. Like a woman is a wife, and a queen is not a wife. Therefore, a queen is not a woman. Mm -hmm. And like it's a more complex thing than just like a woman wants to be tough and so she doesn't do feminine things mm -hmm. like i think that that's a very um like basic line of thinking because yeah. you see how like both edis and atolia who have really different gender expressions mm -hmm. are degendered yeah they're both seen as non-womanly for different reasons yeah well Yes, but also for the overarching, like, main reason that they are rulers first. Yeah, like, it's less about what they are doing or, right. or how they look and more about, like, the position that they're mm -hmm. in. And, like, and the oh, fact that they have, you know, they are the most powerful people in their yeah. countries. They have that autonomy that normal women do not have. Like, I'm a man. A woman who has power over me is not a woman. Right. Is how I can, like, stay comfortable with that. Right. And this is also a bit of gendered. Like, this is a man talking about this woman who has power over him and, you know, saying she may be powerful in this one way, but as a woman, she's nothing. She's not a woman. Yeah. Like, she's failed this part of her being. I don't know. Yeah. He clearly respects her, but this is also a... Yeah. And, like, I feel like... Like, I would, I would love to be able to bring trans themes into this, um, and I, I don't know if I can quite swing it. Because, um, like, feeling like you're failing at being whatever gender you're supposed to be, like, that's a very trans feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, but in this case, it's, it's from the outside in. Right. Yeah, we don't know anything about their own personal interior experiences of gender. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can intuit them, but we don't have any... Oh, any canon evidence. Yet. 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 <laughs> so Eris is getting promoted, and Costas is just sitting around because he's been fired, but sort of not. Oh, something that I'm interested in mm -hmm. is the fact that Costas is so cool about being sent what feels like he's very far away. Yeah. Like, he's gonna get maybe transferred to a border fort and reinstated as a squad leader, and he's, like, really excited about that and hopeful I, like, I don't know anything, but the words border fort do not instill a sense of joy in me. <laughs> that does not sound like a fun place, but he's totally, he's totally fine with that. I think it's the prospect of starting over again. Yeah. 
you know, this has been some horrible nightmare and, or like the first part was, and now he's gotten sent away and like he, I think he wants to stay at this point, obviously in light of what we find out later in the chapter about how loyal he is, but <laughs> I think the, like the way I interpret this is since at that point in the chapter, he's thinking like, okay, he can't stay there anymore. He can't be of any more use to the king, so now he wants to start over with people. Which, of course, is eventually what he will do. Yeah. I mean, Costas... Uh, where do they go? Hmm? Where do Costas and Kamet settle down to uh, Oh, get uh, not married? I didn't understand this on the map. Roa? It, yes. I can't tell if it's its own country or if it's somewhere in the larger country of Magyar. Because Roa... I oh, think it's which is that's where he was thinking he was going to get transferred, was to a a border fort on the border with Magyar. Really? So he ends yeah. up he ends up going there. <laughs> it works out. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this plan with the dogs to get a distraction for the assassins. Which right? is clever. And it relies on the fact that the guards don't really care about the king all that much. Yeah. Like they hear the dogs barking and they just they all go. Yeah. They leave one guy. And it's Legorus. <laughs> and, I mean, okay, they are new, but they're in the guard. <laughs> like, they're not that new. Yeah, he's right? just not their, he's not their priority. And they think yeah. they've left him in the garden and the garden must be safe. Right. Which, But, like, guys, it's your job to make it safe <laughs> by being there. <laughs> it's safe with your presence. And when you leave, it is not safe. The writing of the assassination scene and the lead up to it is some of my favorite writing in the whole series. The way it plays with your assumptions and Costas's assumptions. Where's my book? Where's my book? Where's my book? <laughs> Where's my book? Yours is on that side of you. I think it's under that pillow. Oh. Yeah, there was a paragraph I wanted to read. Was it this paragraph? Because this is what I was thinking of reading. Yeah. Oh yeah, this one, this one, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So Costas runs all the way there and then the assassins step into view um, it was hopeless before he had taken his first step and over before he had crossed half the length of the long, narrow alley. And then, numb, he stared at the body there and a spreading cloud of blood. It was what he had imagined, and yet nothing he could have ever imagined. He looked at the blood on the graveled path and at the body there. There was more blood on the grass. It wasn't the king's blood. It wasn't the king's body. So, I just love how she did that. You know, you don't even get it until... I he love the repetition the yeah. of, like, he looked at the body and he looked at the blood. He looked at the blood and he looked at the body. It's, like, it's so discombobulated. And, and it reflects what must have been his inner experience of, you know, you're in shock. Mm -hmm. And shock has that repetition, and that, that, that physicality. And it feels like time is kind of lurching. Right. Like, it's about to happen and then it's over. Right. And we get this great reveal of... Jen is a goddamn superhero. <laughs> Three men dead and he wasn't even breathing hard. <laughs> yes! Hell yeah! I, like, one might argue that he's too good at everything, but I love it. Yeah. I love it. It works. It works I, in this world. I feel like he has a lot of things to be humble about. Like, not on a skill level, but, like, on a personality <laughs> level. I feel like it balances out. Everything about him is great except his personality. <laughs> and his horseback riding. His horseback riding. 
But no, he and his interpersonal ride. relationships with some people. <laughs> oh, oh, you're right. He can ride. Okay, just kidding. Never mind. He is perfect. He's even good at stuff he hates to do. Well, actually, he seems to be almost exclusively good at stuff he hates to do these days. But it works because Jen is no longer the point of view character. Right. We could go back and yeah. forth about whether or not he's still the protagonist. But we're with Costas, who is vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And Costas is looking at this larger-than-life person. And that's fun. It's just fun. Yeah. Especially because we already knew. <laughs> now the other shoe drops. And there's a sentence in here. Talaeus was very calm. And that just made me laugh. Because you know Talaeus has so much practice being very calm around <laughs> a dangerously angry monarch. <laughs> <laughs> and Jen, uh, Jen is extremely angry, but he he speaks in a soft voice. And then he screams at the top of his lungs. And then he speaks in a soft voice again. And that's, it's very, um like, Jen's body language and his, his voice are very vivid in this scene. Mm-hmm. And he keeps his hand on his hip because he's holding his mortal wound. Costas just thinks it's him being dignified. Yeah. Until he gets close enough to hear the swearing. <laughs> this chapter has a lot of humor in it. There's yeah. a lot of funny moments. And this, the scene after the assassination with Jen and Costas talking back and forth as they walk is like one of the times when they are the most open with each other or anyone else in this whole book. And it's funny. There's, uh, Costas, I'm speechless. Not noticeably, your majesty. <laughs> <laughs> and Costas, his veneer of the professional guardsman has been broken down because this has been a rough time. So now he's finally, like, these are his genuine reactions showing through. He cannot pretend to not be annoyed anymore. Yeah, he's just talking to you Jen know. like he's a person. Right. Uh, the ranks don't matter here. Yeah. He keeps saying, why can't you act like a king? Uh, and it feels very much like Jen uh, ribbing Edith about her clothes. Mm -hmm. It's uh, There's a, a comfort that they've, you know, kind of acquired in this extreme situation. It kind of feels like a sibling relationship to me, mm -hmm. a little bit. Or like that type of back and forth. Jen misses his siblings, one might imagine. We never really can imagine, <laughs> but that's all. <laughs> He's uh, his mysterious, mysterious sisters. Costas is a real believer. Like, when he makes that promise in the heat of the moment to put ten gold cups on the altar of Philia, uh, if the king is safe, and then the king is safe, and he realizes, oh, crap, like, it's going to take me 15 years to pay for these things, but I have to do it, or the goddess will be displeased and my <laughs> farm will suffer. Even if he dies, too. Like, yeah. if he dies without having... You know, I would have thought, going to this, you okay, if you die... That's not your fault. You get out of it. But no, if he dies, then her displeasure goes even to his family. Which is like, whoa. So you're just screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Costas, it's it's kind of the first instance that we've seen of uh, somebody who really, really believes. Mm -hmm. Without having any of those direct revelations that Jen had. Yeah. Which... You and, know, like, Costas is still weirded out by the idea that the gods talk to Jen. Yeah, he thinks that's, like, no, thank you. Mm, that's too, too, too rich for I my think blood. The, I think the narration says it makes him uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. Okay. This is the scene where Eugenides calls Costas dear and then makes out with Irene. Well, 
Costas is still, uh, like, probably half kneeling because he's so tall to support him, which is a bisexual image. <laughs> if nothing else, <laughs> the interaction between Jenna and Irene here is like a microcosm of their whole relationship. She approaches him, she touches him, he jerks away in obvious fear. She goes to turn away, to leave, he pulls her back, they kiss. Everybody is shocked by the idea that uh, they have ever been within six inches of each other. (laughs) So, um, you think he jumped back out of fear just seeing her? That's like a PTSD thing. I didn't Mm -hmm. make that connection. I I just thought it was like if anyone had touched him on the face when he was looking down and didn't realize someone was in front of him because she jumped she says i'm sorry i startled you and he says you didn't startle me you scared the hell out of me Mm. and he'd been i mean people have been around him this whole time yeah i think that interpretation really makes a lot of sense there's also like a lot of like goofy slapstick falling over (laughs) in here there's a real mix of moods the Costas, like, knocks a guy over and he's, like, windmilling his arms and it turned out to be some important baron and Costas doesn't care. And Jen and Costas are sort of, you know, not being funny. And Jen is laughing under his breath the whole time anyway and trying to convince everyone he's fine. Yeah. The queen makes a joke at the end, like, maybe, would you like to lie down? Maybe a stretcher? <laughs> she says innocently. <laughs> An idea that I'd like to point out Uh, and I don't really have a conclusion for it, is that a repeated phrase, idea, image in this chapter is the idea of marching into hell. People keep saying that. Uh, Eris would rather march into hell than marry Irene. Uh, Costas realizes he would march into hell for Jen. There's another one, I think. He would rather march into hell than pay for the cups or... Or something. Yeah, so that, it's, it keeps coming up with different meanings. Yeah, just as a, as a benchmark of <laughs> how important something is. Or <laughs> yeah. how awful. I don't and know. Like, what the, what the significance of that image is, is I guess a question that I want to leave us with this week. Yeah. Because I don't know what I think about it. <laughs> That's chapter seven. Next time we see that the Queen of Atolia might be human? Send us your comments, questions, thoughts. Chime in at atolianarchives.tumblr.com. Be blessed in your endeavors. Mm-hmm.